Hello and welcome to this podcast. I am Dr. Surya Bhatt. I am an Associate Professor of Medicine at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. And I'm Dr. Timothy Hudd, Professor of Pharmacy Practice from MCPHS University in Boston, Massachusetts. We will be discussing the de-escalation or withdrawal of inhaled corticosteroids, abbreviated ICS, in patients with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or COPD, and some recommendations about ICS withdrawal recently published by the European Respiratory Society, or the ERS. This podcast is sponsored by Beringer Ingelheim Pharmaceuticals Incorporated. Dr. Bott, why don't you please begin? Sure. Thanks, Dr. Hud. With the rising global prevalence of COPD, its early diagnosis and appropriate pharmacological management are crucial for better patient outcomes. Pharmacological therapy should aim to reduce symptoms and the frequency and severity of exacerbations. It should also aim to improve exercise tolerance and health status. As we know, there are several classes of pharmacological therapy used in the treatment of COPD. The primary agents used in COPD management are long-acting bronchodilators, inhaled corticosteroids or ICS, which are anti-inflammatory agents, are also used in COPD management in combination with long-acting bronchodilators in appropriate patients with moderate to severe COPD and in those with a high exacerbation burden. Dr. Hud, what have guidelines told us about COPD pharmacotherapy and particularly the use of ICS? There are several respiratory societies that provide guidelines for the management or treatment of COPD. These include GOLD, ATS, IPCRG, and ERS, which we'll talk about briefly in this podcast. The most recent Global Initiative for Chronic Obstructive Lung Disease, or GOLD strategy document, or recommendations, separate the initial pharmacotherapy for COPD from follow-up pharmacotherapy. In addition to lung function and symptoms, number of exacerbations and blood eosinophil counts are considered when making recommendations for COPD treatment. According to GOLDS, in the initial pharmacotherapy of patients with severe COPD, which is classified by GOLD as group D, defined by high symptom burden and frequent exacerbations, ICS may be used in combination with long-acting beta-2 agonists, or LABAs, when the blood eosinophil count is at least 300 cells per microliter. We should note high blood eosinophil counts are associated with increased exacerbation rates and is likely a predictive marker for response to ICS-based treatment in patients with COPD. In the follow-up treatment for COPD patients who have at least two moderate exacerbations per year or at least one severe exacerbation requiring hospitalization in the past year after initial bronchodilator therapy, ICS is recommended for those with blood eosinophil count at least 100 cells per microliter. It has been observed in patients who are current heavy smokers, ICS-containing therapies show less beneficial effects in terms of lung function and exacerbation rates compared with ex-smokers. So Dr. Bott, what do the other respiratory societies recommend? According to the current American Thoracic Society or ATS practice guidelines, in patients with COPD who complain of dyspnea or exercise intolerance despite treatment with dual bronchodilator therapy containing long-acting muscarinic antagonists or LAMAs and LABAs and have a history of one or more exacerbation in the past year requiring antibiotics or oral steroids or hospitalization, the use of triple therapy with ICS is recommended. The International Primary Care Respiratory Group or IPCRG recommendations updated in May 2020 
broadly concur with the latest goal recommendations and emphasize that for patients with blood eosinophils between 100 to 300 cells per microliter, a careful consideration of the potential benefits and risks of ICS therapy should be undertaken. Dr. Hud, what can you tell us about the add-on treatment of ICS in patients with COPD in the real-world setting? It's important for healthcare professionals, or HCPs, to remember that not all patients with COPD benefit from add-on treatment with ICS. It's also important to remember that a better response to ICS or in addition to bronchodilators, LABA or a LAMA, is observed primarily in patients with recurrent exacerbations and high blood eosinophil counts. Despite having clinical recommendations and guidelines in place, ICS-containing regimens are often overprescribed in patients with COPD. Observational studies have highlighted that this overutilization of ICS-containing regimens is relatively common, with up to 70% of all COPD patients receiving ICS therapy, including patients with less severe disease who are classified as gold groups A and B, which include patients without frequent exacerbations. Approximately half the patients with COPD receive ICS in combination with a LABA or a LABA and a LAMA, patients with gold groups A and B frequently receive combinations of ICS with a LABA inappropriately as initial therapy, which is not recommended. The inappropriate use of ICS-containing regimens, particularly in patients where they are not indicated, may be associated with an increased risk of side effects such as pneumonia, diabetes, osteoporosis, and bone fractures, dysphonia, oropharyngeal candidiasis, and others. One recent review reported a 43% increased risk of pneumonia events associated with ICS use compared to those receiving dual bronchodilator therapy for COPD management. This brings us to an important point about ICS de-escalation in patients with COPD. Considering the rampant overuse of ICS in patients with COPD and the potential adverse effects associated with ICS therapy, it is suggested that ICS should be withdrawn in patients who do not have any indication for use to avoid unnecessary treatment. However, when undertaking de-escalation or withdrawal of ICS, careful monitoring and a systematic approach is essential. The clinician should review the current therapy, evaluate the risk-benefit profile of continuing ICS therapy, take systematic withdrawal measures, optimize bronchodilation, and schedule regular follow-ups with the patient. The European Respiratory Society, or the ERS, has recently published a guideline for the withdrawal of ICS in patients with COPD. Dr. Hurd, could you tell us what does this guideline say about ICS de-escalation or withdrawal? The European Respiratory Society, or ERS, task force made a conditional recommendation that in patients with COPD without a history of frequent exacerbations, ICS withdrawal may be considered. If the ICS is withdrawn, the patient should be treated with one or two long-acting bronchodilators. As a good practice point for physicians, the ERS panel emphasizes monitoring exacerbation frequency, symptoms, and lung function following ICS withdrawal. However, there are a few exceptions. For instance, in patients with COPD who have a blood eosinophil count of at least 300 cells per microliter with or without a history of frequent exacerbations, the ERS panel strongly recommends to not withdraw ICS. 
The panel made no recommendation for patients with COPD and a history of frequent exacerbations with a blood eosinophil count less than 300 cells per microliter. One of the barriers to ICS withdrawal may be the concern of HCPs that their patients may experience an increase in exacerbations, worsening of lung function, or adrenal insufficiency due to abrupt withdrawal of ICS. Studies have shown that ICS withdrawal in appropriate patients does not increase exacerbation frequency or results in clinically important changes in symptoms or lung function. To summarize this discussion, clinical evidence, although limited, supports the safety of ICS withdrawal in appropriate patients. Observational studies have shown a reduction in adverse events such as pneumonia following withdrawal of ICS. These ERS recommendations do not apply to patients with asthma or asthma COPD overlap, and this guideline does not discuss ways to differentiate between asthma and COPD. Finally, it's important to remember that these guidelines should only be used alongside clinical judgment. On behalf of Dr. Hud and myself, I thank you for listening to this podcast about the de-escalation or withdrawal of ICS in patients with COPD. Goodbye and take care.